I'm just going to do a short one this week, Christmas week, traveling to London on Thursday. So busting this out, but I'm just going to uh, kind of share what's on my mind going into week 16. And what happened in week 15 was pretty good. So the only team of real import that made the playoffs was my primetime team. I won the seven grand pocketed that. That was nice to say the NFFC and Greg Ambrose is pretty good about putting that money in your account very quickly after the season ends. So that's already being transferred to my bank account. But you know, the way the NFC works is the NFFC works is you, when you win your league or even take second, you get into the playoffs and I don't know how many are in the prime time, maybe like 200 teams, 170 teams make the playoffs and then you have this cumulative three-week playoff between week 15 through 17. And then it also averages in whatever your average was for the first 14 weeks. And so what usually happens when you're in the playoffs in the NFFC is you have like a 120-point week. One of your guys gets hurt, like Jonathan Taylor. You're drawing dead. It's over. There's no point because out of the you know 170-odd teams that are in the playoffs, somebody's going to get you know an average of 170 points a week. So if you get like a 120 uh, it's pretty much over. If you get like a hundred or less, it's it's over. So, you know, out of that 200 teams, whatever it is, you know, 70 or 80 are just done. hundred are just done pretty much. And that often happens. So you're just like, all right, that was fun. I got my money. And that was that. But if you get like 150, 150 plus, it's not ideal. You're still going to be back, but you know, it's in play. And if you have a monster second week, you know, maybe you're actually sweating the third week. Well, I got 200 plus and I was the number one team overall before Monday night. Now Monday night, uh, one of the teams that was in 20th had Aaron Jones and the Packers defense and he passed me by nine points, but I'm number two right now. And this is exciting because I don't have to have a 200 point week again. You know, if I get 150 plus, hopefully like 175 next week, you know, I'll be right there in the top couple, if not the top. And then I probably just would need 160 or whatever the last week. You know, you need to have that 200-point week, but once you get it, you just need to have two good weeks, I think, to win it all. And so I'm in a good position, but I have some decisions to make, which is uh, a bit stressful, but I'm trying to look at it as fun. you rather have this kind of stress, it's kind of fun, than the reverse where there is no stress because you're drawing dead. So here's the situation. I'm second overall, and that includes my average season long, which wasn't that great among the playoff teams, but it doesn't matter. I'm nine points out of first. I'm in second. And the guy who really carried me the last few weeks was Trevor Lawrence. I drafted Matthew Stafford. He was a total bust, but Lawrence has been my quarterback most of the second half of the year and uh, has been very good. Even against Dallas, he had a big game, but that game was in Jacksonville and Dallas's defense. I don't think really is what it was earlier in the year. And you can also throw on them a little bit. So, okay. I was, I was fine to start Trevor Lawrence this past week, Christian Kirk, and IVTN also who did okay. Dobbins on my bench did about the same. But this week, I think it's kind of like the nut low for my Jacksonville stack because they're at the Jets who are stingy against everybody, running backs, receivers, and quarterbacks, but especially against the passers. And the other problem is that, you know, the Jets don't generate a lot of offense and they tend to drag these games into the muck. And then you got another problem. It's in New York. So cold weather, it's supposed to rain, I think in the 30s or 40s at game time rain i don't know about wind yet it's a couple days out so it's hard to know but it's also the thursday night game so it's a thursday night road game outdoors in the elements against one of the best defenses against fantasy players in the league and that doesn't have a good offense that 
is unlikely to generate a shootout. And Jacksonville's defense is decent also. So you, you're probably not going to see a shootout. So, you know, Lawrence and Kirk, that's not, that's not ideal. I mean, it's actually, in my opinion, almost the nut low. It's like almost the worst team you could face in the worst circumstances. Only, you know, four days rest. And, and Trevor Lawrence is questionable with a foot injury coming into last week. So, okay, but can he overcome that? If we were Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, I would just let it ride. But Trevor Lawrence has had some great games, but he's also had some duds. And he seems like he turns the corner and then he regresses a bit. I, I think he's good. I think the hype is getting a little out of hand. I saw uh, my guy from Redwire, Mero Puig, say that uh, he's going to be better than Josh Allen. I don't think that's likely. It's possible. I don't think it's likely. Uh, because Josh Allen and Mahomes, at least at this stage, are so comfortable. They're so fluid and smooth. And I think there's still a little stiffness to Trevor Lawrence's game. He's not as relaxed as those guys yet. He's got the, he's been throwing more accurately. He's making good decisions and he can, he can move just as well as those guys when he decides to take off, but his decision-making and his sort of fluid, he's not as fluid and crisp yet. So I still think there's a chance that, you know, he has more duds. I mean, anybody can have a dud against a good defense in the wrong circumstances. Even elite quarterbacks have bad games and Trevor Lawrence is not consistent enough to be considered that yet. So I am as of now, and I'm not committing to this. I, I will look at all of the, the evidence that I can, but I think I'm going to start Danny Dimes in Minnesota, who has a soft defense and who does get into a lot of shootouts. The problem with Danny Dimes, obviously, is that he has no receivers. But I think that could be a game where he throws for 280 and runs for 60 and hopefully throws a touchdown and runs for a touchdown and throws for two touchdowns. And that would be enough. You know, again, I don't need to get 200. I'd love to get 200. I need to get 160, 170. And I just need my quarterback not to be a dud this week. And I, I kind of think that Dimes, well, I mean, everybody has upside. Any, any matchup can go whichever way. Oh, and, and one main thing I left out is left tackle Cam Robinson is out for the year. And that happened in the Dallas game. So Trevor Lawrence lost his left tackle. He's going on the road with a gimpy foot four days after his prior game. And he's facing one of the toughest defenses outdoors in the elements. It's supposed to be raining. Whereas Danny Dimes goes on the road to Minnesota, gets a soft defense, full week of rest, or maybe it's Saturday. I haven't checked. But either way. And it's indoors. So I think I'm going to go Danny Dimes. And the question is what I do with Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is the number 10 PPR receiver. But I'm thinking of sitting him. And I won't do it for Slayton. I'm not going to go for the stack. I mean, this, you could stack. and It could be monstrous. And maybe that's the play because there's so many teams. I mean, even if I had a good score, what am I, still 15 or 20 to 1 to win the thing? I mean, it's, there's still so many teams. So, you know, maybe, maybe I should be going for volatility and not trying to play it safe. So Slayton's a possibility, but Christian Watson is the, in my opinion, against the Dolphins, the better possibility. He had a modest game and Romeo Dobbs is now back. And, but he also didn't turn around on that play near the goal line at the end for Rogers, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. So I could see Dobbs and Watson. I actually have Dobbs too, but I'm not going to use them, but I could see that game being a shootout against Miami uh, in Miami with good weather. And, you know, Rogers racking up a lot of points with Dobbs and, and Watson. And so I may replace Kirk with Watson. I could place him with Dobbs. Uh, Watson's obviously the touchdown guy and he got some red zone end zone looks Monday night. Or I could use Slayton, which would be a little crazy, but the Giants really don't have anyone else. So uh, right now I'm leaning Watson as the third receiver and Danny Dimes as the quarterback, screwing the stack. And I'm probably still going to stick with ETN, although Dobbins against Atlanta is a possibility over ETN. ETN hasn't been catching passes very much. 
that may change against the Jets. I'm not sure, but that's kind of the issue. But I think ETN is going to get a bigger snap share than Dobbins, probably with Gus Edwards there. ETN comes off the field on third downs with James Hasty. Or I could leave Kirk in and, and play Watson at the flex or Slayton. So I've got some decisions to make. And the last decision is tight end. I got Kittle, who I'm probably just going to use because with Debo out, yeah, with Debo out, Kittle's just kind of the guy who catches the short intermediate stuff and breaks tackles. And I think it's just the situation's good. But his matchup against Washington is pretty bad for tight ends, whereas Pat Fryermuth, who got no targets on my bench last week, has a good matchup against the Raiders. And I think after getting no targets, they're going to want to feed him a bit. So Fryermuth versus Kittle is also a decision. I'm probably leaning Kittle. Just the upside, I think, is bigger, especially for touchdowns. But Fryermuth could go eight for 75 easily, catch a touchdown. So I got a tight end decision. I got a quarterback decision. And I got receiver flex running back decisions. And, you know, it's high stakes, man. It's 250K. Uh, one thing that makes me feel good is this past week, I was, I had a decision in the flex between Ramondre, who was coming off that ankle injury, if you remember, and Christian Watson, who has been a monster and was coming off the bye and kind of went back and forth. And I said to myself midweek, I said, if Ramondre is cleared, cause it was a late game for Ramondre, but luckily Watson was playing Monday night. So I would obviously be able to pivot if Ramondre was scratched and I said, if Damien Harris is scratched and Ramondre is playing, I'm using Ramondre. And if obviously Harris were playing or Ramondre obviously were scratched, then I'll just pivot to Watson. I made that decision to do that. And when Ramondre was cleared and Harris scratched, I agonized. You know, I looked on Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros on their flex rankings had Watson much higher. I think Watson was like 38th and Ramondre was like 54th. But I thought, you know, a lot of those rankings are done early in the week and they don't change them when Ramondre is questionable. Now he's playing. I just thought, you know what, against the Raiders, give me the pass catching three down running back. It just Watson has never had more than four catches in a game this year. He's made a lot of big plays, but he doesn't have that usage that, you know, you can count on. So I did it. And then the game starts and Kevin Smith is the starting running back. And I'm like, Holy shit, what did I just do? And I had already gotten quite a bit of points in the early games. And I was like, this is actually consequential. Like I'm in it. Uh, but then Ramondre came in, you know, the second series and rest is history. And he got 170 something yards. Although Mac Jones was so inept, he couldn't even throw him a decent screen pass a couple of times. And that insane Jacoby Myers is a real, as talking about a real man play, as Ted Bell pointed this out. I mean, senseless risk of catastrophic loss. It's, you know, what happened, I think, was Ramondre broke this run for 23 yards. And now, and they're, you know, it's the last play of the game because the clock's at zero and they're in. Raiders territory and he's thinking let's try to score we're you know 30 40 yards out so he laterals it to Jacoby Myers who's two feet away as he's going down it's fine that's kind of a low risk play even if you fumble it I mean but he's right there and then Myers gets the ball on a lateral play with no time left and just gets into the spirit it gets into the holiday spirit of it and thinks oh you know this is this is a crazy lateral play let's do this and chucks it halfway across the field you guys know what happened but he just I think he just either he didn't realize the game was tied or just going into lateral mode, just send him into a mode like, Oh, it's desperation. We're in a lateral play. You do whatever you can in the lateral play. The thing is, if he doesn't do that, that game goes to overtime. Right. And I've got Ramondre there. Who's destroying the Raiders with every carry. And I've got Nick Folk for the win too. So I, you know, I probably get, you know, I could get 10 more points easily 
if that game goes to overtime. So that was not ideal. And I even suggested on Twitter that I, my greed for Ramondre after I made the right call and starting him for even more points in overtime and for Falk is probably what caused that insane ending, but it is what it is. And Ramondre got 24.8 points and Christian Watson got 8.2 points, 8.6 points actually. And so I'm 16.2 to the good. And that feels good, right? Because that was sort of against the grain. And when I put it on Twitter, most people, not everybody, but most people said, start Watson. You can't take a chance at Ramondre. You don't know how much he's going to play and how his ankle's going to be. So I feel like I'm playing with some house money here. But, you know, I, don't, I can't afford to squander it because it's only worth something if, you know, if I win the whole thing or take second or come really close. So I got to make the right decisions. I mean, Danny Dimes and your crucial as your second overall in the NFFC and you're going with Danny Dimes with that crew of horrendous receivers is it's pretty crazy but and and I don't think I'll stack them with Slayton I again like you want the correlation you want the upside in overall contest but Danny Dimes and Slayton don't correlate that much right that who's that I can't remember this receiver's name on my own team that that guy who got like Hodgins who had like three touchdowns in a row in three games Isaiah Hodgins I mean he was he could get the touchdowns or, you know, it could be Barkley catching a touchdown or it could be Bellinger catching a touchdown. So I don't really, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, that's the guy's name. He's okay. Yeah. He had uh, I guess he just had two games in a row with the touchdown in the last game four for 37. But the point is that like, it's not necessarily Slayton. It could be Slayton, obviously, but it could be any of those guys. And even if it is Slayton, you know, Danny Dimes could have a good fantasy day. You know, as I said, like rushing it, running for one touchdown, throwing one to Slayton. Slayton goes 655 in a touchdown, which I would take, obviously. But Danny Dimes also gets 60 yards rushing and 175 yards passing. There's not that much to go around. And he gets, you know, 25 points. And you're like, okay, 30 points. I'm satisfied with it. He could have a monster day. I mean, it is the Vikings. There could be a. 37 35 game or something so hopefully that's what happens and hopefully you know barkley is involved too but i don't really want to stack the giants that heavily the other thing that kind of pushes me toward the danny dime side is if you look at the lines and the totals i think the total in the jets jaguars is like 38 39 and the giants is like 47 and so even though the giants are underdogs their implied total is like 22 and the jaguars is like 18 so the Giants are expected to score more points. And then you think, okay, well, assuming the Giants score four more points, what, you know, how much of that would you attribute to dimes versus, you know, versus Lawrence? And it's, it's pretty close. I guess maybe Barkley is a threat to get some rushing touchdowns more than ETN, maybe. But, you know, Lawrence and D dimes both run well. And I think it's pretty close in terms of, you know, what percent of the fantasy points for their team they would be expected to get. So, I think I'm going dimes, even though I looked at the fantasy pros early and they have Lawrence ahead of them. But I think those guys, you know, they're, they're mostly, I think a lot of the rankings when they're done and just beware, this is just not to make a mistake. You know, it's, it's to, I think you get graded at the end of the year. And I'm sure if you're way off on a couple of things that everybody else is on about that, you lose ground. So, it, you know, sometimes you're at cross purposes with people doing rankings, you know, posting their rankings. You're not always doing this, playing the same game. And I'm playing for upside. So the other quarterback I have is Mac Jones, who I picked up foolishly thinking they got some weapons. They've got good matchups during the playoffs, but no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. He was so bad. He'll probably score like 30 points this week, but there's no way I could do it. He just showed me nothing 
the last two weeks. He's regressed, if anything. So no, uh, no Mac Jones, probably Danny Dimes, probably Christian Watson, although Dobbs is kind of tempting. Dobbs could get like eight for 80 and a touchdown too. You know, I mean, he gets more targets, I think, than, than Watson. Watson's the big play guy. So that's, these are tough calls, but I'm leaning Watson. I'm leaning Dimes. I'm leaning Kittle. And even on defense, I have a slight call, but I, I think I'm going Bucks in Arizona, especially if Colt McCoy's concussed and can't play. And you got to go down to like Trace McSorley, whoever it is. That's pretty good. And the Steelers have the Raiders, which it's an all right matchup, but it's not as good. And obviously, defense, there's a lot of luck involved, but I think I'm going Bucks defense this week. They actually played well against the Bengals until Brady became a turnover machine. So that's that, man. I'm, I'm sweating it. I don't want to, again, I've, I feel like, like yesterday I was, I was kind of nervous. Like, what am I going to do with these lineup decisions? And then I slept on it and I woke up and I feel pretty clear today. And I think I'm going to have to just trust that. The, the one I'm least clear on, I feel like, is the receiver. Whether I, I think Dobbs, I didn't even consider Dobbs that much until I started the, talking about it on this podcast. And that's making me a little nervous. But I think I'm going to stick with Watson to, uh, to have a, a touchdown. Dobbs, you know, who knows? But they're, they're in a good spot against the Dolphins. I want to look at who Xavier uh, Howard guards too because you can look up like, you know, who, who played the slot more and who's guarding the slot. And, you know, if he's on Howard, but I also got to look at his grade for this year. I don't even know if he's as good as he was in years past. It looks like, at least on RotoWare, it looks like the QB rating against him is pretty high, 97.7. So, ten t- so maybe Xavier Howard's, you know, not the top corner he once was. So, I, I, again, I'm going to look into it even more get pretty granular. It's 250 K, but it's exciting. You know, I'm just, I'm in it after, after one week, if I'm in it after two weeks, it's going to be bananas next week. And I'm going to be uh, sweating it like crazy. Other thing is I was in my, uh, something funny. So we have this Vegas league and Erickson and I have a side bet for a hundred bucks, which I'm pretty sure he owes me. I forget. It was like, he might have slightly more points than me, but I think it was who, who gets further. And if it was only points, if we, you know, get eliminated at the same time, same, same round. And what happened was Peter Shanky had the third seed. So he was the top seed among the teams that were playing in the qualifying rounds of the quarterfinals. And you get to choose. And this league says Lasky runs this league. And he said, you get to choose your opponent. And so Pete avoided me and chose Jeff. And it turned out Pete had the most points of the four of us, but Jeff had the second most. So Jeff would have beat me. But uh, unfortunately for him, he played Pete and I won my matchup. So now I'm in the semifinals. And it's just hilarious that he picked that. And now the top seed picked me. Doesn't want any piece of Pete's team with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. But my team's pretty good. I got Barkley and Dalvin Cook and what could be a high-scoring game. And I got Kenneth Walker. And I got, you know, my QBs. What happens, I have Deshaun Watson, who I'm probably not going to use. I'll probably use Geno Smith and Danny Dimes. It's a QB flex. But anyway, so I got. I think I got the 100 from Jeff. I'll double-check on that. And then this pool was 50 bucks each. It was like... 14 teams. I don't know. So there could be like another 500 in there for a win that that wasn't bad four and one against the spread in the circa millions. I'm now 41 and 33 on the year, which is 50, 55.4%, which is pretty good, but it's not, it's not going to cut it in a national contest where you got to be at like 65, 70, I think to, to get, start getting into the running. Um, it's not enough to just be, Oh, that's good. That's good. You know, it's a good percentage. You need to have, that percentage and then variants go in your favor. And uh, I'm not there. There is a 
They do hand out some prizes like that are smaller. I don't know if it's like 15 grand or something for quarterly winning. So if you win the first quarter, first four weeks, second four. So the third quarter is weeks uh, 14, 15, 16, and 17. I don't think they use week 18. And that one, uh, I'm seven and three, but I think I'd have to go like 10 and 0. <laughs> to, I think you got to go like 17 and three, 18 and two to win a quarter because again, there's like hundreds of teams and someone's going to do it. So we'll see. 10 and 0, 1,000 to 1, basically flipping coins. But assuming I have a little edge, you know, maybe 950 to 1, 1,024 to 1 to be, exa- to be exact. So, you know, 950 to 1, 900 to 1 if I had an edge but it's still pretty remote, but uh, I'm going to keep picking them. I haven't really, the only one I really like is the Eagles plus six at Dallas with Minshew. I think they're overcompensating with Minshew being a pretty good backup. Six is too much. I don't know. I think that line will move down to like four and a half, but we'll see as the week goes on. But yeah, you know, last year I had the, uh, at the team of destiny sweating that all year down to the final 23 for six mil. That was a lot more than the NFFC. And now I've got this NFFC team. So feels good just to have something big. You know, I'm, I'm in range. I'm not close yet. I wasn't really that close with the team of destiny. Dalton, I had 23 teams left. So, you know, it, it actually was closer than you think, though, because I think five people ended up splitting it. So we're almost, you know, we're only like 25% of the pool got paid in that survivor pool. And we were, you know, so we, we just had to shed another three quarters of the pool. So this is, we'll see next week. I, I just hope it's live and I hope it's not live like hundred to one live. I hope it's live like six to one, you know, like I'm in second or third place or fifth place. And you know, there's, that's not six to one in fifth place, I guess. But like, you know, if you're in first place, it's probably six to one or five to one, depending on the gap between you and the other teams, but it's exciting. And uh, it's the problem I want to have. And so that's mostly my week is just going to be figuring that out. Uh, I guess this one's gone on long enough. I was going to say, oh, I'm going to offer a couple of World Cup thoughts. So first off, in the World Cup, I don't know shit about soccer. I played a little JV soccer in high school. So I've played, I know, you know a little bit about the game, but I don't, I don't follow soccer. I don't watch it except every four years at the World Cup. I've been trying to get into it in Portugal, but it's been kind of lazy. I thought it'd be a good way to look, pick up Portuguese, but I don't know. But anyway, I enjoyed the World Cup. I watched a lot of it. And a couple of, a couple of observations that I always have. One is, Sometimes I'm just like, shoot the fucking ball, please. Just shoot it on goal and shoot it. You know, these guys are always trying to get this perfect setup, the perfect header, that extra pass. There's a basketball video going around a while back. It was like a, a satire about the dude in your in your pickup game that never wants to shoot. So he's like, you know, he's you bounce past him. He's, he could go up for the layup, but of course he like tries to lay it off to somebody else at the baseline. You know, he's never, he's in, and after a while, the guys are just shoot the fucking ball. Like you're open. You got a layup, shoot it. And the guy's always making the extra pass. And soccer seems a little bit like that. Now, obviously I'm sure there's a reason for it. Maybe it's better to get one good try than five shots right at the very competent goalie. But I always think like, you know, Bill Buckner, professional baseball player had a ball go through his legs shit like that happens and you don't have a chance for it to happen unless it's on goal and so just blast that shit on goal blast the fucking shot maybe the defenders jump in front of it too easily too if you shoot all the time there was the, the argentina goal in the final was incredible the second goal was just this one touch argentina was so good at like taking the ball like even if it was bouncing or not you know in the air a little bit and one touching it to another guy and then one touching that to someone else I mean, not even stopping the ball, just redirecting it. I, I hadn't really seen that from the other teams. That was pretty, pretty cool to watch. 
everyone was raving about what a great game it was. I thought it was a good game. I'm always a little like penalty kicks are always a little d- disappointing, not only to, to finish it, obviously, but two of the goals were scored on penalty kick kicks, one by uh, Messi, one by Mbappe, wherever you say his name. And the one by Mbappe, I think there was a, a handball in, in the box and the Messi one, I can't remember, is a foul in the box. And, and you got to call it, right? I mean, it's a rule, but it's just so like, it's like pass interference in football. It's like pass interference, ball on the one yard line. And sometimes like the guy, you know, tackles a wide open receiver and it's like, yeah, you had to call that. And sometimes the ball was probably not going to be caught anyway, but he did bump into him and you have to call it. And it just changes the whole game. And I always feel like that with the penalty kicks. It's like the pass interference call. It's like awarding something like, you know, I mean, it's hard to get a goal in soccer and you're like awarding so much just for this one infraction. You know, sometimes the ball hits the guy's hand incidentally. He's not like making a save, an illegal save with his hand. It just like goes off his hand because it's bouncing around. So yeah, there was that, but it was still a good game. And also, I don't understand this. I, I, I understand why they do penalty kicks to settle it because it's so exhausting and they don't want to, and it's hard to score a goal. It's not like NFL where there'll be points scored eventually. Like soccer, you know, you, you, could, you could go three, four hours and not get a goal and guys just drop dead. But uh, so I understand why they eventually go to penalty kicks. But what I don't understand, I'm sure I'm not the first one to bring this up, is why overtime is not sudden death. Argentina scores that goal. That should be it. Why does France have a chance to tie in overtime? What the fuck is the point of overtime? Always should be sudden death. So that's kind of weird. And also just prolongs the game. They're running more. The whole thing you're trying to avoid with penalty kicks, you're actually making that happen by making overtime not sudden death. So I don't understand that. I was happy to see that turd Macron not get W. He was jumping up and down and cheering. Don't like him. President of France. Total douche. And, uh, Glad to see them lose. And uh, I was rooting for Argentina for that reason, but also because Heather lived in Argentina for six years. So she was really rooting for Argentina. And I like Messi. And Messi, whose nickname, maybe everyone knows this too, because I don't know shit about soccer. So <laughs> apologies if this is obvious. His nickname is The Flea. And because uh, he moves like a flea. And, and I've never seen a player do those little quick baby steps. And nobody else has that style. It's such a unique style, you know, and, Obviously, it's messy, so everybody knows about him. But just watching it, it's like, wow, that guy is just the most different player. He has these little baby steps, and he's just extremely agile in space with people surrounding him. Really, see anyone else like that? It's not like he's fast or anything, or or can beat everybody athletically. It's just this quickness and and control in tight spaces. So that was pretty cool, and glad he got the uh, got the World Cup victory. Um, I was rooting for Portugal after the U.S. lost. And then I was rooting for Morocco, but you knew they probably weren't going to win. I was just rooting for the small countries that, uh, that weren't favored underdogs. I guess that's it, but it was a good Sunday. I got a win in my playoff game. I got second place overall in the NFFC, four and one against the spread in Argentina one, uh, and who has, who I was rooting for. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to wake up. And it's going to be Sunday morning in like 10 minutes. And I'm just going to have dreamt this because it usually doesn't go that well. We'll see. Two more to go. And I could really use that 250. You know, that 250 would be really nice. I mean, I could really, I could think of a lot of things to spend it on. All right. That's going to do it. Till next time.